Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 14th of November, 2013. Um, this is Jim Hedger Digital Always Media, joined as always by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. I'm back home in Toronto now. It's a much uh, warmer show. I did, uh, I did much of last week's show, walking the streets of Chicago, trying to find a quiet, a quiet place with good cell phone reception. How you doing, Dave? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic, fantastic, and uh, yeah, you'll be in uh, better shape this week than trying to uh, run around a city. Uh, yeah, although I gotta admit, I'm way more distracted this week. Um, as I've said, I'm back home in Toronto. Uh, insert <laughs> joke here, um, and the, uh, the 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 great saga of Rob Ford is coming to what appears to be yet another pimplehead right now. Um, you know what happens when pimple heads burst? Things get really messy, and things are getting really messy right now um, down at Toronto City Hall. So I'm a little distracted. I got a news feed that is just feeding me Rob story, Rob Ford outrage stories by the second. Um, but there's a lot to talk about in tech, and I want to stick mostly on that. Although, again, uh, please, I'm, I'm sure listeners will understand if uh, I get distracted. He actually said the P word in in relation to um, his wife's genitals in a news conference today. Like, really? He did. He said it. It happened. Hey, all I'm going to say is, uh, and I'm not blaming you personally, but you guys elected him. <laughs> yep. That's, that's, yep. That's the hard, cold <laughs> truth. Can't argue with numbers. Can't argue with uh, you know the way that people decide to focus their attention, and I focus a lot of attention. This is the worst segue ever, and I focused a lot of attention recently on Netflix because I'm fascinated, truly fascinated by Netflix, their business model, and the disruption value. Mm -hmm. And for the first time ever, Dave, Netflix has released the top twenty shows on on its network in the top twenty shows on American Netflix. But that's you know. you know, almost identical with 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 what we have in Canada, and I'm sure what they what they have in the UK. Um, what do you think the number? I mean, the, I think the number one is kind of obvious, but you know, you want to guess at it. Uh, I, it would be unfair because I know because no, oh, you're looking at it because <laughs> okay, I'm looking at the list right now. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was surprised at this list. I, I thought things would be ranked differently, but number one, uh, without a doubt, is Breaking Bad, most popular show in 2013 on Netflix. By far was 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 Breaking Bad. They haven't uh, put the last last season up on Netflix yet, so there's going to be one more Breaking Bad spike. 
Um, after that, kind of disappointing, the family guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, like... I take it you don't care for that show. Well, I mean, like, seriously. The, 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 the was humorous at one time, but it's just, just sort of, yeah. Like, that's... I hear you. And, and looking at some of the shows that come in below it, you're like, really? That's... <laughs> you just said blow. <laughs> we were talking about Rob Ford, and you said blow. Hold on, Jim. I'm sorry. I have to defend Breaking Bad. It's a great show. If you really yeah. talk about all the cues and just the way it, the storylines are and how they're how they're presented, I mean, yeah, you, some of the characters are a little bit duh, but I mean, honestly, the show, the way no, it was Breaking written, Bad rocks. No, there's no argument. Breaking Bad's one of the best um, TV scripts ever. Family Guy, though, on the other hand, that's kind of you know disappointing. That's lowbrow humor at at best. Yeah, it is. But, okay, we come we rounding up. We got how you, how I met your mother. Supernatural. Uh, number five, The Walking Dead. I was surprised that was so low. Um, Pretty Little Liars, uh, the new and um, some would argue radically unimproved Arrested Development. Uh, Doctor Who, Grey's Anatomy, Vampire Diaries, uh, Netflix own series, Orange is the New Black, followed by another of Netflix own series, House of Cards. And that's the one that really surprised me. House of Cards was the uh, <clears throat> the second major series that, that Netflix produced on its own. The, the first being the Steve Van Zandt show, Lillehammer. Um mm-hmm. House of Cards was 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 mega. It 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 it, it got incredible acclaim, and House of Cards is what that was sort of like the, the the tipping point for for Netflix, you know, where everybody had to see House of Cards. You could only see it on Netflix. If you didn't have a subscription, that was the reason people, you know, I would suggest Netflix took off after House of Cards. It was already popular, but it, it became mainstream because of House of Cards. Well, that's when they, I think that's when they sort of set their ground, even though it was their second release, they set the ground of, we are also a producer. Indeed. Uh, and, 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 and a scary one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're like a, a less expensive version of like AMC, right? Because <laughs> you have to pay for that. I, I don't know about uh, South of the Border, but up here you have to pay extra for these channels, right? And it's like, you're producing really good, high-quality content, uh, again, I'm not going to talk about the, the season four of Arrested Development here. I'm just going to focus on House of Cards and or Orange is the New Black. Um, you know, you're producing good quality um, television that's that's rivaling um, some of the major other players, and that would be you know like AMC or or, or ones that are producing you know good theatrical uh, great uh, shows. The cool thing about Netflix is they have both ends of the spectrum covered. They produce and they deliver. Yeah, AMC they produce and they sell to the, to the delivery networks. Right, Netflix, and this is again. This is why I, I I'm amazed by and just terribly enamored with Netflix. Um, that and because of Netflix, I don't have cable TV at home anymore. Um, I'm just. Uh, I can't say enough about this model, and you know, for people who listen to Webcology, we're we're all about where the evolution of the web where the where the ecosystem's going <laughs> produce and deliver cuz you don't make anything being the middleman no and and you know we're talk, talking about the future and sort of taking it in in that direction 
would you have predicted this three years ago? Now, I, I had looked at what I thought the model was going to go to to combat um, piracy, torrenting, that sort of thing. Um, and I thought completely different direction, more through the traditional uh, um, deployment networks with maybe those ones going more, you know, with digital and, and more advanced televisions and stuff like that. Dave, are you still there? Um, you know, sort of system altogether. Well, um, yes, I did, sort of, but... It took a lot longer than I expected it to, and that was because of um, how long it took for broadband penetration in the United States. It wasn't until 2003 to 2005 that um, you know a series of, of court battles had been settled that allowed larger areas of the United States to receive broadband access. But back in like 2000, Back in, in, the, in the late 1990s, we were talking about something we called convergence. What would happen when the big media companies were able to merge um, production with delivery? Uh, the, one of the reasons why the backbreaker of what was called the dot-bomb era, um, the Time Warner, the AOL purchase of Time Warner, that was thought to be a good thing because, you know, AOL was the primary delivery mechanism, while Time Warner used to be the largest entertainment corporation in the world. Right. Or info and entertainment corporation in the world. It was a natural to mix these two things together and, and see the synergies that would happen. And, you know, as we know, Time Warner is now a shell of its former self. And AOL has gone from being the butt of jokes to being one of the largest online publishers. But they're not the internet service provider they used to be. Right. You know, AOL saved itself by, by radically changing its business model. Um, and they've, they've actually become a, a more than a respectable player in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the world of internet marketing. Where, uh, I'm not really sure exactly where Time Warner is sitting right now. They still publish Time Magazine, but they are not the world's largest entertainment conglomerate any longer. No, no, it's very true. Um, now, do you think, and, and, and sort of tying in then, um, you know, yeah, convergence, great word, uh, and, and that idea of, of, of everything sort of funneling in. Now, you, you talked, and, and to me, the, the timing seems uh, really interesting. Do you think Google um, and the use of, of sort of the major engines, because, you, you know, you remember back in the day, right, there were like, you know, 30, 40 of them, and all of them were kind of relevant, because all of them kind of had some traffic to them, and then, and, mm -hmm. you know, just all, sort of a, a dominance of, of just a few players. Based on that time period, did the, did the mentality of people change at that time to go, well, I don't need it all in one place anymore. It's all there. I just need a mechanism that will find it across the web um, for me. Did that slow things down? Uh, yes and no. What slowed things down is if you're going to, I mean, think how much it costs to make a, even a low budget TV episode. You're talking um, tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars per production, per unit. Right. Yeah. So you have to make that production, you have to make those productions cost, cost back somehow. The traditional model was for the networks, ABC, CBS, um, NBC, to make their own programming, sell the commercials around them, and um, bookend everything with extremely competent newscasts. And that's how things were before the web, before instant distribution. Now, things get put up online, but a lot of it, because again, you've got to make 
the creation of the entertainment unit, the TV show, the music video, the three minutes of guitar orgasm, you somehow have to monetize that creative effort. You got to pay for it. You know, people got to eat. Right. Yep. It's, 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 it's awfully hard to act when you're starving. Um, in the early days of the web, uh, the creative the creatives lost control of their own products. You know, a band would release something, and before it could get into record stores, it was already up on Napster and being, you know, distributed here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. The uh, distributors lost their stranglehold on how you know information flows from you know pr- from creators to consumers. I think what really stymied the development of a profitable business model in delivering um, professional-grade entertainment content to, uh, to consumers was the fact that everyone expected things to be free on the web. And two things killed that. One, the, you know, the, the death of Napster and the serious threat of the Recording Association of America hitting you with a five- or six-figure lawsuit if you were a home user downloading pirated material. Um, I think they went after, you know, less than, they actually probably went after less than a thousand people, but it made hundreds of millions of people stop that practice. Right. The other thing, it might sound strange, but it was the New York Times paywall. The New York Times is arguably the highest quality news, news gathering organization on earth. And I, I say arguably the highest quality news gathering organization on earth. They're certainly up there. They're considered the, the world's newspaper of record. So if you're a serious thinker and you need to read the and you're one of those people who needs to read the New York Times every day, you'll pay for it. It doesn't cost much. I pay for it. It doesn't cost much. But that, you know, nobody was going to pay for news five, six years ago. Nobody would pay for it. You could get it for free. The New York Times cut that off. But, you know, proved that, you know, the uh, a bulk of subscribers would in fact pay for it. Then along comes YouTube. Everything's for free. Everything's easily findable, but it's crap. I mean, seriously. <laughs> um, becoming a YouTube superstar is harder than becoming a rock star these days. There's just so much competition out there, and most of it is crap. So what are you going to do? You want professional, professional quality entertainment. New delivery systems are coming up. There's an expectation I should be able to watch and and... I should be able to access any piece of information on my own time, not on the inf- information distributor's time. I shouldn't have to sit down at 9 p.m. and have a structured hour set aside to watch a show. Why should I do that? I mean, shoot, it's a digital file. I should be able to bring it down. That's an expectation that comes about from the Internet. So I think, you know, Netflix came along at just the perfect time. People were willing to pay for quality stuff. We'd had enough of the crap stuff. The uh, psychological barrier had been broken by the New York Times, and we'd gotten over, and then I think a lot of us realized that taking all this content for free was stymieing creative artists. Uh, we have a little bit of technical difficulties. We're back. I'm not sure where we got cut off, but we, it was probably about time to jump to the next subject anyway, eh? Yeah, might as well. Where would you like to go from here? We're talking about copyright. We could jump to Google. We could jump to Google. A uh, U.S. judge has recently dismissed a U.S. Authors Guild case against Google for book scanning. 
Now, I got You know what? I got to admit, Dave. I don't fully understand the parameters of this case. But as I understand it, Google's lawyers defeated a legal action mounted to stop it from scanning and uploading millions of books. This stems back all the way back to 2005, when the U.S. Authors Guild filed suit against Google, alleging that it planned to create a digital library, which amounts to probably the largest act of copyright infringement in the history of, well, anything. Google, defending itself, said its plans constitute fair use because it was only putting excerpts of the text online, or at least only making excerpts of the text available. So, while they may scan all 780 pages of War and Peace, they will only make excerpts available based on, you know, what the searcher was looking for. As of today, U.S. District, uh, Ju- US District Court Judge Denny Chin sided with Google dismissing the case brought against it by the Authors Guild and, you know, suggesting that Google is, in fact... Um, fairly distributing uh, author's work. That's, that's what I that's get. That's what he said. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally right. Um, they'll only be showing um, sort of snippets of, uh, of an individual work while, um, you know, sort of having indexed the entire thing. Um, one of my big problems, and it's funny, he, he goes on for clarification, but the, the first sentence um, of, of sort of one of his, his reactions to things is... is or, or one of his reactions, sort of quotes, um, is what led me to to view it as as a problem um, in the actual system itself. And and his specific statement is, in my view, Google Books provides significant public benefits. Okay, but that's not the issue. And the issue is, you know, if if Walmart gave all free clothes to the you know to the homeless, that would provide significant public benefits. But that doesn't make it the right thing to do in a structured capitalist society like we have, right? Well, and, and so, so well, I, I you know think what? that's if, not if a consideration. Walmart, if Walmart decided to pay its distributors for those clothes, then that would be fair. But if Walmart decides to give away all those clothes for free. And tells its factories overseas, hey, you guys are screwed because, you know, we're good people here in Alabama. Um, that would be wrong. Well, exactly. Uh, you're right. If they do it themselves, yeah, okay, that's, now it's a donation and, and that sort of thing. But in this case, it's him saying, hey, it's, it's going to really be a, a good public benefit if you rob Peter to pay Paul. That's, that's not fair to Peter. And, and I think their case here is very clear. Um, and I mean, even on the web, and, and we've known this since the beginning, I have the no index. I have the no follow. I have the no cache. I control how my work um, on, on the web is treated and whether it can be used or not. Publishers don't. And for Google to just step forward um, and sort of take this right, I think they made... I, I understand, you know, again, Google's a corporation. I understand why they had to fight it. My problem isn't in with Google or with their fight. I completely get what they're trying to do, and they're a corporation. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Um, but I, I completely disagree um, with the way the courts treated it, and, and I think to, to take into account, hey, this is in the public benefit in this, this type of context um, is completely wrong because we're dealing with a property um, and corporations, like we're we're not dealing with charities. We're not dealing with hey, what's the best way to manage healthcare, welfare, food, whatever we're dealing with there. Where these are public policy decisions, we're dealing with corporations and property. 
Um, And and And, I think they made the wrong call. And I'm inclined to agree with you because, you know, uh, at the most basic level, some the property we're talking about does not belong to Google. It belongs to um, to the author and to the publisher. Correct. And to make it, I mean, any smart searcher, I can tell you right now how me and my uh, my Android phone can read pretty much any book I want for free. Right. Because of this, uh, I can do that. It's any half. So yeah, I, I, I gotta I gotta agree with you, Dave. This is. Um, a blatant violation of a of authors' copyrights, a legal violation of authors' copyrights, a now legal violation, and um, I think that the potential damage to the craft is, or to you know, to 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 a creativity is greater than the public benefit. Yeah. I completely agree. Now, would I say, hey, you know what? Let's treat these like web pages. You just have to give publishers the ability to remove or include, like you do on, say, YouTube with, like, I don't know, Louis C.K. video or something like that, where they can go in and claim it and go, no. And yeah, because as author, little known author, for example, or an author from, you know, three Shakespeare's, like that, sure, nobody's going to claim there is no claim to that, or I'm willing to go. Hey, what I'm willing to risk, Jim, get the whole book here, or the chance of having snippets start showing up on the web and sort of put me in places. Hey, you know what? I can do a lot of I'll take them. That's, that's fine. Um, but you shouldn't lose control of the ability to do that. And I, I think that's, that's where we need to really take a look at how the Internet is treating property. And now it's moved from web properties um, and into the real world. And that's... Yeah, I, I I think this is a really bad decision that shows a real short-sighted nature, and I don't like where this goes more than even this specific ruling here, is where does that end? Where does human intellectual property um, begin and end, and, and what what's the next step? And now this is the precedent for the next thing. Um, well, I mean, indeed. I mean, like, um, earlier, earlier I, I think today, Google's terms of service change to... Uh, allow them to use your face and your words in uh, advertising across their network. So you've thrown something up on Google+, you've got your, your, your avatar image, you've put your words up there, that those can now become part of an advertisement. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was thinking, I was thinking jokingly about how uh, Android supposedly can listen to my conversation. I'm not sure if it can, but I do my fingers slip once in a while and turn the... Uh, the um, conversational search feature on. We would be would be listening to any word I said on the listening. Um, what if you thought you know, Google's it seems clear, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility to see Google claiming words to people's conversation thoughts. It's information, ain't it? Now, I heard that last question, uh, the, the, and, and I think I just got a notice from uh, one of my staff here. I think it may be going out. Um, we're hitting some sort of glitches. So I heard the question at the oh. end, but not the lead up to it. More turbulence. You know what? I think this is probably, we're, we're, we're just past 20 past the hour. This is an opportune time to take a break. We're having a little bit of turbulence here on, on air, webmasterradio.fm. 
Um, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Google's newest um, newest algo change. It's being called Zebra. It's uh, doom for all e-merchants. We're going to talk about that when we come back after these breaks here on Webcology. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Search Kingdom. We explore the world of search marketing, give in-depth analysis inside the important industry headlines, and interview with the most important industry thought leaders. Search Kingdom, on demand inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Uh, you have to, you know, uh, we have to beg your pardon. We're having um, internet turbulence today, and then that happens for, for um, internet-based radio stations. Um Interesting stuff happens for, for internet-based radio stations. Hey, Dave. I'm Yo, sure Jim. You know this. WebmasterRadio.fm is the official radio network of the Miami Book Fair. Okay? Okay. That might sound weird, but you should check out some of the interviews that we've been able to get this week. Just a few minutes ago, uh, Brandy Shapiro-Babin, uh, you know, Brandy, was yeah. uh, on the phone with um, with Diane. Was it Diane Lang? Diane Hunt? Uh, Diane, with with Diane Lang, I believe. 
Yesterday, I interviewed uh, Davidsi Code author and the, the author of Inferno, Dan Brown. Uh, earlier today, um, Brandy was interviewed Erica Young. You remember from Fear of Flying? Yeah. So yeah, we are the official po- the official radio network of the Miami Book Fair, and for that, we've landed some pretty spiffy interviews this week. Well, that's outstanding. Um, I had a great conversation with author Dan Brown yesterday. We're actually, you know, two weeks from now is U.S. Thanksgiving, so there's not going to be a live webcology. We're going to be airing that interview in uh, in its entirety in place of a live webcology two weeks from now. Brilliant. Um, yeah, it was a it was a fun conversation. It was only supposed to go like fifteen minutes long, and at the thirty five minute mark, uh, Braska's like, uh, Braska was warning us, "We've gone too long. Close it up." <laughs> so that was excellent. That was a lot of fun. Um, what else do we have in front of us? So, uh, Matt Cutts has been uh, addressing blog spam and or blog comment and link spam issues. He uh, put out another video. Uh, earlier this week, talking about um, blog spam and uh, 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 comment issues, mm-hmm. and if I could just just sum it up for 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 Matt Cutts, um, in a two and a half minute video using over um, fifteen hundred words, Matt said, "Use common sense, would you?" <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking too. <laughs> no. Matt's a smart guy. <laughs> He's a, and one of the things about exceptionally smart people is they tend to be reasonable. You know, they have more options. They can see more options, so it's much easier to take a reasonable point of view. And when Matt says use common sense, I, I mean, this is just a theory, but maybe it's just that people don't get it. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Why does Matt have to come and say use common sense to explain, you know, what how people should not be douchebags on other people's like blogs? I don't know, Jim. Why doesn't Rob Ford step down? <laughs> uh, I don't know to get to the other side. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there's 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 apparently different versions of common sense. Um, that exist out there, and I mean, you, you and I know as, as well as anybody else, probably more than most, um, that people are, are geared to breaking the system. That's just that's that's just it. <laughs> there's there's probably more people as SEOs working in the gray and black zone than there are in the pure white. Um, you know, or even the light gray sort of zone. Like if you're going to, you know, break these things out, people who will look and go, hey, this is a loophole in the system and, and, and let's go for that because it, it might be easier. Um, so I think, you know, him having to come out, he's saying what we all, all already know. He's saying what we knew he'd say. Um, but, and you know what, I think we touched on this last week. The thing that I, I love right now is uh, their system's caught up. <laughs> like technically, the Google algorithms are—I mean, they're not perfect. They're not—you know. There's definitely some spam out there still, but they're getting very good um, at determining which links should count, which you know, which pages should rank, which ones are you know, as their one of their more recent uh, penalties, you know, which ones are pure spam, um, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it's it's technically they're catching up, but I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, we've had that that sort of rule here. I've had it for myself. Um, you know, if I'm in a Q&A and somebody is answering a question, if I've written a big article or blog post on something, 
sure, I'll, I'll link to it and go, you know what, here's the Coles notes, but I answered this over there. Uh, the question I think we need to ask ourselves is, would I link to it if it wasn't mine? Right? And if I would link to the exact same resource, whether it's mine or not, because I think it's a very good resource that answers that question, great, go for it. You know, as Matt notes in the video, he does. Um, he'll link to his own blog or he'll link to, you know, uh, something on Google. He'll link to, he, heck, he's linked to things on Bing. <laughs> like, he'll just link to the most, you know, appropriate resource. And I think if that's the way you're treating it, then linking to your own site is fine if you'd link to somebody else's with the same content as the answer. Okay. And then it, make, it makes good sense. It makes good sense. I, I always tell our clients, if there's a reason for the link, if yeah. you if you can you know see the reason without even having to explain it to yourself, that's probably a good link. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, and I think it's important for everybody, link builders around the world, understand that you're peeing in somebody's pool here. <laughs> you're, you're going into somebody else's playground, um, and, and and you need to make sure that you leave their toys. It, in better shape than when you got there, right? So if I'm in, on somebody else's website, and yes, I might want a link there, it's a, if I can add value to their site as a whole, they're going to be happy to have me. If I'm not, then I'm wrecking something that they love as much as I love my own site, right? So you need to make sure that you're being fair to the other webmasters. And again, Google's catching up to that. They're, they're clearing out the crap. It doesn't mean people aren't still doing it, unfortunately, but they're, they're clearing a lot of it out of the SERP. So... Um, Although, you know, you know, again, in saying that, Dave, and saying what you just said, you address mm -hmm. that issue of what is it is not property on the web. You know, and this is something that uh, just keeps coming up in conversation over and over and over again the last the last couple of months. What is and is not, you know, property rights on the web. Right. Um, do I have the right to come to, say, your blog post and, you know, just mix it up for my own commercial advantage? Well, yes, I do, because the open space is there, and you've opened that space, and you've basically said I can, just like you have every right to, every right to moderate that comment out of there if you want to. Right. But, you know, there's a point where, though I guess just, you know, some webmasters are asking other webmasters, you know, guys, just please, respect, you know, common sense, decency. Don't be wrong well, yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, you have to approach it, and it, it is an ethics thing, and, and, you know, my levels of things may be different than other people, so I understand that there is, is a bit of a gray, um, but to me, it's, it's you know, what's, what's the intent, right? I mean, and, and by that, I mean, on their end, when they leave comments open, what is their intent there? Um, and if I'm fulfilling that intent, great. If I'm coming in going Nike shoes, online Viagra, you know, free porn with three rapid links in there. I'm just picking three that I know are rampant. Um, you know. Oh, they pay good this uh, month, don't they? You know, this is, you know, clearly you were violating the intent that is not what that is there to do it's there to engage in a conversation related to whatever the subject matter of that article or blog post was about or, or what that page is about um so i think you know as long as you're obeying the intent you're fine as long as you're not you know you're kind of a douchebag um it shouldn't count and you know fortunately 
you know this as well as I do. There's a lot of automated and uh, and manual systems in place to uh, you know historically uh, you know on our blog um, we haven't had comments to to combat that exact thing. Fortunately, technology is catching up, and on a new iteration of our site that's coming up, we are enabling it because there's enough technology to help me clear the crap out. Um, you know that we'll be able to allow that engagement and conversation. Excellent. Oh, I got a place to, to finally market my midget wrestling series. <laughs> I was going to say, how, how long until Jim's a smartass and I have a Nike shoes Viagra and porn legs? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, now that we're, you know, this is, this is the, the Rob Ford episode. This is partially a Rob Ford episode and we're, you know, back to Viagra and porn. So we're back to Rob Ford. So it's time to move on. Um you know the neat thing? You pointed this out a few minutes ago on Facebook. and I, 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 for, for what it's worth, I was going to make the comment before I saw your comment on Facebook. But what is one thing that the last three series of updates at Google have had in common? Ooh, I'm going to skip. I, we have to skip one to, to make your answer work. Oh, no, really? Okay. We're, we're going to ignore the hummingbird. <laughs> oh, darn, you're right. You got me. You're right. <laughs> but I'll, I'll play along. Other than that one, and, and I just know somebody would catch us on that one if I'd just gone straight ah, up. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. What is it, Jim? Well, that um, that Jim's an idiot. That's what. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still stuck on missing that. You're right. Um, that, okay, penguins, pandas, and zebras. What do they got all co- all in common? They're black and white and pandas and zebras all over. <laughs> um, it, well, I was going to say that you could find them all in South Africa, but that would be the wrong answer. That they're all black and white would be the right answer. I'm not sure if you can find panda bears in South Africa. I just made that up. Um, but they're all black and white. A panda bear is black and white. A zebra, black and white. A penguin, for the most part, black and white. Um, unless they're in a Disney or in a in a Pixar film. Um, zebra is the new I'm not sure if it's really an algorithm per se but it's a sub-algorithm specifically for e-commerce and shopping sites merchant quality update or is it being um, being being, uh, referred to just before Christmas in the e-commerce world the merchant of doom preparedness kit um (laughs) It's the Merchant of Doom. Um, again, and, 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 note to Google, buy a wall calendar because your electronic one isn't working for you. It's Christmas time, you jerks. It's like the biggest buying season. And this is, you know, people plan all year for the next six weeks if they're merchants. And you're coming along and introducing a um, shake it up algorithm today. Good on you guys. <laughs> you know what? You you and I can can go on. I, you know, we, we just so, got the message from the studio. I, I want to talk about this more. Heck, we can even talk a little bit about Florida if you want. And, and Brasco, I'm not talking about where you live, buddy. I'm talking about <laughs> the update well, that came yeah. out at Christmas back in 2004 or five, whatever it was. 2005, and I think that's where a lot of my outrage right now is coming. <laughs> I, I was I was thinking that. Uh, before they did this, but we we should we should jump. You want to do it? Sure. Uh, We'll be right back, folks. We just got to take a quick commercial break. Then we're coming back to talk about this algorithm update. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, joined, as always, by Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. We'll be right back. Sit tight and don't move. Web copy. 
We'll be back after this short break. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia, on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. One show at a time. Join your fearless leaders, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. Rock the world with LinkedIn. On demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. <laughs> Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And rounding out the final segment of the show, we're going to talk about Zebra. This is actually, you know what, this is a, a much more serious part, of, uh, serious part of the show. A new algorithm released by Google earlier today, Zebra, targeting people who have uh, e-commerce stores. And uh, apparently, Dave, this is a, this is a fairly big update. Yep. Um, it's going to roll across uh, 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 the e-commerce world and, and 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 apparently have a big impact. So, our friends over at Search Engine Journal have published a handy-dandy guide under the name "The Merchant of Doom Preparedness Kit." <laughs> what was that game? Fallout. It reminds me of Fallout. <laughs> Fair enough. Creation kit. Okay. So, what exactly is a zebra? What's it going to hit, first of all? Um, Google wants 
faster websites, websites that are easier to access by mobile devices, and um, websites that have content that is mostly original. Google doesn't want to put the same content up from um, for the same different product on five different websites when the content's all coming from the exact same from the exact same content feed. Because it's not really, you know, it's not giving value to its users and it's harder for Google to extract unique information to display on their front page if everyone's drawing from the same same resources. So, um, so Zebra, otherwise known as the Merchant of Doom. Um, we've got a, uh, Dave, do you have this uh, Search Engine Journal page in front of you? I do. Okay, so we, we have this handy-dandy checklist in front of us. We're going to try to get through. We have about uh, nine minutes left in the show. And uh, the preparedness kit starts with recognizing and utilizing what content you've got in front of you, what content you already have. It's a good and, idea. <laughs> well, now, what it doesn't say, and you know, we, we might be able to do like a minute on this, is how do you recognize if you have good content or crappy content? What's... Um, what, what, what's your litmus test, Dave? Like, what tells you that this content's going to work or not going to work? Well, sometimes it is difficult to tell. I, I know you know this. I know this. Um, because I have my own take on things, right? I, I know, especially when you're doing your, working on your own site, not somebody else's. And it's like, oh, I like my content, but I'm not my client. <laughs> so do, do clients. Um, you know, I think the best thing you can do here is testing. Right, write some, you know, write three different, uh, you know, product descriptions or, or whatnot for, uh, you know, one of your products. Do a paid campaign, drive some traffic to it, test them all out, see which one works, and let your visitors tell you which content works best. Okay, that works. Um, a couple things that are mandatory. You got to have at least one paragraph describing specifically what this topic is. And if you only have, but incidentally, if you only have one paragraph on that specific topic and a whole bunch of other paragraphs about something else, don't expect to get good rankings for that specific <laughs> topic. But, you, I mean, you got to have your writing, your content, your original idea, your original collection of letters forming words, forming sentences, describing what it is this page is about. And, you know, if, uh, unless it's absolutely necessary, I'd dispense of everything else and throw, throw some nice images up, tag those images, and move on to the next product. Um, what I wouldn't do is the easy thing. And, 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 and again, for webmasters, you got to think of, you know, scale and, and time invested. But so many websites, so many e-com websites pull from the exact same product streams, and that's their bulk of content. Or they'll even... they'll. The manufacturers give out stuff in PDF format, give out like you know product information in PDF format. I know of a bunch of e-com sites that actually type that exact that information. They type it into their um, content management <laughs> systems, and so it's really it's exactly the same. But they've actually paid somebody to physically type it in. Um, what's the point? It's just it, it, it kills me that they do this. Um, so original content, and again, at least at least one good, strong paragraph um, as close to the top of that page about exactly what this page is about. 
Um, like I said earlier, this is all about mobile. Or, uh, no, I shouldn't say it's all about mobile, but it's very much about mobile search. Um, you got to make your pages fast and accessible. Um, make them, make your pages like small. Don't go for the mile long page unless you're going to get resolving really quickly. Um, any, any points on that, Dave? Well, I, I do actually, and I think this is increasingly important. I mean, we all know mobile is important, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I, let's, I don't think that there's a big debate there, but I think it's extremely important as we head into the holiday season. I mean, we've got Hanukkah coming up in, I think, two weeks to the day, um, if I remember to say correctly, and, you know, five or three weeks after that, we've got, uh, you know, Christmas coming up. Well, how, how do you shop? And, and there's jokes of it online, right? Of people will go and they've got their phone and they will look at you. They're at Best Buy and they're toying around with something and then they pull out their phone to find out how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, you need to have <laughs> a fast, friendly, get them the data, especially in, in the current environment. And, and there's some arguments, depending on, on what your usage stats would show you, to actually adjusting what your experience is in this environment, if you know the person has already or is is likely to have handled product, let's say on a on a product specific page, if they've entered in from Google, you know they've looked up a specific model or a good chance of it. Okay, well, what understanding that? What should your page layout be? Good chance they've already held one. Good chance they're in a store already. So skip over the crap. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't feed them what they need. They basically know they want it. Give them a price. Um, you know, color options and a buy now button, um, you know, and, and sort of make sure that the page is arranged, that that's the first thing that they can do. Some would say so that's... So if I can take a ahead. step back on, on your piece of advice here, Dave, this is really analytics-driven. You're saying look at your analytics, and around this time of year, you know that people are out uh, window shopping, so to speak, in the store aisles whilst, you know, trying to find the best place to buy something cheaper online. Yeah. Um, they're picking up the object that they're probably going to make an online purchase of. So they've done that palm of hand experience. There's not a lot of ways you can describe something beyond the palm of hand experience. But what you're saying is check your analytics and that be the driver of page design to move quickly towards conversion as possible. Is that correct? Well, that's exactly. And uh, keep, I mean, everybody understands visitors because we're all shoppers. Consumers was as seller, right? So, okay, do you what are, what are they comparing with? You know, I'm looking at a new laptop, and, and you know, I want to you know buy that for one of my kids. They've got laptops. I'm not, but although somebody wants to send me one free to demo, that'd be great. Um, you know, you're, you're you're taking a look at this thing. You're in a store. You know, you've looked at it. So, what do I care about? I care about price. If you got free shipping, put it right now. I know. Now I know all the details, but I don't need to be pitched on it because you're right. What we try and do online is give you the information to sort of imagine what this thing would be like, right? That's why products have different, you know, angles on, you know, the photographs and stuff. Well, if, if, if I know there's a better likelihood a person's actually touched one already, well, there we go. <laughs> I don't need to do that anymore. Here is a way important tip. Learn, go to schema.org. Learn the markup markup language, because you're selling specific products. Maybe you're selling cell phones. Maybe you're selling ice skates. Maybe you're selling bathtubs, whatever. You're selling, you're selling something where there's, you know, there's a lot of competition in the retail and the e-tail space. Therefore, there's a lot of competition for rankings in any number of places where, where Google or Bing might rank a reference to your website, be it in the SERPs, 
in the paid ads, in the news, or in the images sections. Use schema markup to give Google as many clues as possible about products, prices, descriptions, etc., and you have a much better chance of seeing a ranking than you do if than you do without using schema markup. Brilliant advice. Love and it. I would say, you know, especially in mobile, especially in the mobile world. I think especially in mobile, but you know, and this is an area where you and I are, are often, you know, because we're looking at, at hundreds of signals, and I'm sure you and I are on the same page, I always try and look at everything in a, if all is equal, right? If everything else is equal in the rankings, will this, will schema put my site ahead of the guy below me? Because there's so many signals, well, you've yeah, got to fight for fractions, right? And I'd like, to, I'd like to remind listeners that it's not just the site we're trying to rank anymore. It might be an image from the site. That comes up in that you know the little line, the third line down in regular search results as images now. I mean, my goodness, so your chances of getting a click on there are pretty strong, even though it'll take you to a Google Images page, and you're still two clicks away from them being on your page. I'm pointing my finger at you, Google. Um, <laughs> I think that sucks. I see what again. I see what they're doing, but I think it sucks. Um, but again, yeah, the schema might get you placed in places you didn't think you'd get placed. Um, going burning time really fast. I'm not so sure about Google authorship and website claims on your content for an e-com site. Um, that's something I think we'd want to talk for another day, or I'd love to hear e-com ex- experts cover. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Another big one at the very bottom. Pay attention. Reply to your reviews. Um, be social about it. Don't go back after people if they criticize you. Be humble and, and uh, thankful they criticized you. Best advice you'll ever get is a, cri- is a criticism, uh, at least in business. Um, Dave, we're, uh, i, I got to give you time to get another point in, but we're almost out of time. No, I, I, think, that's, I think that's good. You know what? There, there were other points. I think uh, just last piece of advice would be uh, to our listeners, head over to Search Engine Journal. Um, read the article. It's, uh, it's an interesting piece with some good advice. And... Uh, and enjoy, and uh, sorry, there's a bunch of work coming. <laughs> yeah, okay. And friends, we're sorry. We're out of time. Tyr- tyranny of the clock. But um, you've been listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio.fm. We will have another live show next week on the 21st. We will not be having a live show on the 28th in commemoration of, uh, of Thanksgiving. Uh, but we will be back the week after that. In the meantime, stay tuned to Webmaster Radio.fm. Amazing content coming up. And listen for a series from the Miami Authors Fair. Oh, I'm sorry, the Miami Book Fair. Some incredible interviews. Stay tuned. We have the news coming up after these messages. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.